live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Just win, baby! It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ in Henderson. Your boy Q, very excited to be here for the next couple hours, holding it down as we have a fantastic show to bring to you today. Got a couple hours to hang hang out right here at the facility, hang out with you here on the radio. Of course, hear from you throughout the course of the show. Excited about that. And it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and uh, we start to kind of wrap up the the talk about the game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins going for 3-0, and start to turn the page from, from that game to look forward to this upcoming Monday night football game in L.A., as many people call it, uh, home away from home, SoFi Stadium, uh, as the Raiders attempt to go 4-0 and to get this season started. But uh, we have this day, I, I kind of think about the next couple hours, just kind of still have a little bit of conversation about the game on Sunday, some feedback from the game on Sunday, and then, as I said, uh, definitely just turn the page on it and move forward. You put that one in the rearview mirror and you, you keep it pushing because, well, that's just what we do and that's what the team has to do. This is not, uh, you know, you're not in the playoffs now because you won three games. You know, you're not where you want to be because you won three games. You have a long ways to go. 14 more games on the docket, 15 more weeks of the regular season, and then if you've earned the right to play in the postseason, then you've earned the right to play in the postseason. So just excited about the opportunity, excited to to have an opportunity to talk to to Raider Nation each and every day as we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, Yesterday I was at the Oyo, the hotel and, and casino, the underground lounge, so I wasn't in studio with my guy, Damon Cotton. Today I'm at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so I'm not in studio with my guy, Damon Cotton. Damon, I feel like they're just trying to keep us apart, brother. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's, what's happening? They're trying to keep me off the mic, trying to keep me down. <laughs> Never that, man. Never that. You know you're always free to chime in at any point of the show, and I know yesterday it was fast and furious with all the calls and texts that we were getting in, so I know that you did a heck of a job behind the behind the scenes making it happen, so I do appreciate that. And uh, like I said, man, you're always free to chime in on, on the show. Anything that's come up, if you want to uh, speak on it, uh, feel free. And so I want to start with you before I even run down who's coming up on today's show, before I throw out a show topic. Uh, you were fast and furious at work on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium as DeMond, he doubles down, man. He does, not only does the radio stuff, he not only goes out to high schools and, and does the showcase games and interviews players and, and fans and all that other stuff, but this dude is also working at Allegiant Stadium on game days, uh, trying to make sure that the media, people like myself, we're, uh, we're very well taken care of, uh, helping out a lot around the stadium. So this dude is always putting in the work. I mean, this dude really never rests, and uh, that's why I could really appreciate him because, uh, you know, we kind of we think alike in that kind of, that kind of manner. So, uh, Damon, I haven't had a real good chance to ask you yet as the Raiders are sitting there at 3-0, and and I know you're a, a proud Tennessee Titan, and I'm not trying to change your mind on that. I'm just – I'm just saying from what you've seen early on in the season, how are you feeling about the Raiders and and how impressed have you been that they've been able to overcome some issues that may have haunted them in the past, like these two uh, overtime games that they've had at Allegiant Stadium. Might not have been winners of those uh, in prior years, but they came out uh, victorious this year. So, So what have your thoughts been so far? 
Well, first off, I think that what you just said, that's the biggest key that last year, maybe even two years ago, that the team wouldn't have, went, wouldn't have won these games. Last year being with the fan, with fans not being involved, but some as also the team just didn't have what it takes to win these close games. And also something that was said to me, Vic Taver, he tweeted during the game that interception that Carr threw, that was a pick six. He was like, I, he was like, I think in years past, Carr would maybe just throw that out of bounds or take the sack. So I asked him after the game, I was like, you actually think that? I was like, do you think he's like buying into the hype? Not buying into the hype that like, oh, I'm Derek Carr, I'm, I'm, I'm an MVP candidate, but just that I have all these weapons around and the team is that much better this year. And I just thought that was interesting from someone who goes back with the team from Oakland to see the progression of, oh, no, Derek is just like he believes in himself in this team that much more. Right. No doubt. And, and you know, that comes with maturity. That comes with him being a, a eight year veteran in the league. That also goes back to something that Derek Carr has said so many times throughout the course of the offseason and training camp is the fact that he trusts the guys that he's putting in the work with. He trusts Henry Ruggs. He trusts Brian Edwards. Obviously, he trusts Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller, that's his go-to guy. But I say those young wide receivers. I say Henry Ruggs and I say Brian Edwards. Uh, I talk about them in a major way because last year uh, you didn't see a whole lot from them. And this year they're stepping up put in the practice time. Derek has said that so many times. They're out at that park at 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, you know, just getting their throwing sessions in. They're, the, they're in there putting in the work. And as you know, Damon, you put in the work, you'll reap the benefits. And right now, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards both are reaping the benefits. And right now, as many people have pointed out, many Raiders have pointed out on this very show, the Raiders have four guys right now on pace to go over 1,000 yards receiving. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but that tells you all you need to know. Not only is Darren Waller eating, but multiple guys are eating, and it's all because of that trust that Derek Carr has in him right now. Yeah, it's so important because, and also it was Foster Moreau that he was um, thinking about throwing that pass to. Where he was like, I just, right. I just guessed where he was going to be, and it's in my head. I'm just thinking that's like that. Well, as Derek would say, that's awesome that they that he has that trust where. You can look at it as a negative. Of course it is because he threw the pick six. But that's just like, hey, man, he just believes that his play, his receivers are going to be there and that he can just trust them so well like that. And also that maybe if you do give up an interception, that, hey, the defense might be able to bail you out and you don't have to look at being down 14-0 as if it's the end of the world. No doubt. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. I talk about Darren Waller. I talk about Renfro. I talk about Edwards and Ruggs. And that's without even putting Foster Moreau into the conversation. And he's, an, he's a weapon. He's a guy that Derek Carr looks for. He's a guy that Derek Carr trusts, you know. And so uh, he said it in the media session. Damon, you were there. He said it right after the game. You know, a lot of people, including myself, said, hey, Foster, you know, ran the wrong route or he stopped on the route. But Derek said, actually, that was all on me. You know, he, I, I guessed where he was going and I guessed incorrectly. You know, I threw the ball before. Uh, he made a break on uh, where he was going because he, he saw the pressure coming and he just let it rip. So, uh, you know, just to, to be able to take that accountability and say, hey, that really was on me. And I, look, I'll put it like this. It was just a miscommunication on both ends. I'm not going to say it was 100% on Carr. I'm not going to say it was 100% on, on Moreau, but uh, it was less than ideal. Not the greatest way to start the game, but for the Raiders not to just fold and say, well, you know what? This just ain't our day. And uh, chalk this one up to an L. Better luck next week. Uh, they fought and they battled and they competed and they found a way to get back into the game and they won the game and now they're sitting there at 3-0. and So I wanted to make sure, Damon, that uh, I got you involved early in the show just because I know sometimes back there in the home studios it's hard to really get involved in the show, especially with all the calls and texts that we have coming in. So uh, yeah, like I said, feel free to chime in at any point of the show uh, whenever you have an opportunity. 
coming up on today's show. As a matter of fact, uh, we were supposed to talk to former great Raider quarterback Jim Plunkett on Monday's show. We got our wires crossed up. No worries. He's going to join us today at 2.30. So, uh, as I said, we're going to kind of put a bow on that uh, week three victory over Miami, and we'll do that with the help of Jim Plunkett. And who, who's, who better to help us do it than Jim Plunkett, right? So he's going to join us at 2.30. Uh, very excited about that conversation. Just kind of seeing what he saw and, and hearing what he saw. Uh, not to mention just the victory, but also talk about the the honor that uh, Hall of Fame head coach Tom Flores received at halftime. I thought that was awesome to see so many former Raiders down there, so many gold jackets down there on the field, and Tom Flores just being able to soak it all in and, and get that love that he so deserves. And, man, it's been such a fun ride. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Raider Nation tells me when they see me at Allegiant Stadium or or they see us at a, you know out and about around town, they say, man, Q, everything that you guys are doing at the radio station, we feel like we're riding there with you because from the morning tailgate, from JT, from you, from Vinny Bonsignor, you guys tell us and you guys take us behind the scenes of everything going on. It feels like we're right there with you. And I know that this isn't exactly the same, but I promise you it's felt like I've been on the same journey with head coach Tom Flores ever since he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and the different honors and talking to him here on the show for the Tom Flores High School uh, Football Coach of the Week Award, you know, and him giving us a background on everything that was going on while he was in Canton. I feel like we've been along on this ride. And so to see him on Sunday being honored at halftime, I just thought it was awesome. And you could just see the look on his face. He doesn't have to say a lot of words for you to understand exactly how happy he is that he's getting He's getting to smell those roses. He's getting that Hall of Fame love. He's enshrined in Canton, Ohio. You can never take that away from him. My man is there forever. That is, that is a fraternity that is the ultimate fraternity when it comes to team sports, when it comes to football, when it comes to the professional level. I mean, that's, that's just what it's all about right there. That's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, in my opinion, just my opinion, it gets no better than that. So this has been a fun ride. And Demond, how much did you get a chance to actually see a little bit of that, or were you busy kind of moving and shaking around the press box? Yeah, we were, we're like halftime and after the game. That's when we're doing most of our work. <laughs> but it was so funny because um, I, I tried to take take a couple of peeks, you know, like you know maybe take a second and stop. But one thing that I was telling my coworkers because everyone you know likes the team and is a football fan, but not everyone is just like super immersed in everything. I was like, can you believe David Baker's here tonight? And I had a coworker was like. Who's David Baker? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that is funny. That is funny because you really don't need to even uh, be that deep into football or that deep into sports to even realize who David Baker is, just because he's such a mammoth of a man, you know. And I feel like everyone accidentally has seen him knock on someone's door and tell him, "Welcome to Canton, Ohio. You're now a member of the Hall of Fame." I mean, it's just you know, what I mean, it's like that's that's one of those. He's one of those guys where you don't have to be. Uh, an NFL junkie or a pro football junkie to know exactly who he is. But it just shows right there, everyone doesn't know exactly who he is and, and doesn't recognize him by name. I'm sure they probably recognize him by, by, by body and by face when they saw him on the field. Yeah, and it was like, and I was just hoping that maybe Coach Flores or, because there were a lot of alumni there, and yeah. you, it's never the case that they're going to like just come by the press box and say hi to someone. But I was just hoping, like, that was like the first time where I was just like, man, wouldn't it be cool if Coach Flores came up here? Or, <laughs> I don't know why he would be up here, but it'd be pretty cool. Right, right, <laughs> absolutely. No, but they'll, 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 hopefully there'll be that moment, man, where you get to uh, you know, say hello to him, say hi to him. Like I said, man, I was so blessed to be in Canton, Ohio, uh, when he had that when he had that little uh, get-together. And I say little get-together at the restaurant there at the BJ's there in Canton, Ohio. It's just a little celebration of Raider Nation. And I keep saying little. That is definitely not the way to describe it because that place was packed to the gills. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was just overtaken by Raider Nation, and it was awesome to see. And, and as I mentioned before, I told you, and I even talked to him about it when we had him on the show, to see him sign an autograph or take a picture or both with every single person that was in the building was amazing. It absolutely was amazing. So uh, that's that's uh, that was great stuff from Coach Tom Flores. So uh, I say this to tell you that uh, Jim Plunkett, former uh, former Raider great quarterback, will join us at two thirty. He was right there on the field next to Tom Flores when he was honored at halftime. So we'll talk to him about that as well. At three o'clock, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She was there in Allegiant Stadium as well on Sunday. We have her each and every week on the show. Uh, we're going to talk to her about what she saw from the three and Raiders. Her expectations for this game coming up uh, in L.A. on Monday night. A little birdie told me she's going to be in attendance, so I'll have to check that out and verify if that's true or not. And then I also I want to ask her about the Las Vegas Aces as well because the Aces are in action tonight. They get their playoff run. Of course, we had Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum from the Aces on the show last week talking about the the playoffs. They get things started tonight against Brittany Griner and the Phoenix Mercury. I'm actually going to be going to the game as soon as I'm done with this show. Going to wrap up a couple things here at the at HQ and then head down or head back to Vegas and uh, and, and go to that game, be in attendance, make sure I cover that uh, for our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. So a lot of moving and shaking. I'm excited about this uh, playoff run that the Aces are going to get ready to get on. And uh, what better team to go up against than the Phoenix Mercury, right? It's funny because Brittany Griner's on the Phoenix Mercury. She's been there for a very long time. Everyone knows about her. Everyone knows that she can dunk anytime she wants to. But me coming from Texas and especially uh, coming from the flagship station of Baylor University, I got to see Brittany Griner for about three or four years while she was still in college. So uh, it's kind of cool to to come full circle and see this playoff run, see the Mercury against the Aces. That'll be a little bit later on this evening. Matter of fact, you can hear that game on our on our sister stations that we have uh, right there at Lotus Broadcasting. So uh, I'll give you all the information on that a little bit later on the show. Uh, but I'm excited about that. So we'll talk to Cassie Soto coming up at 3 o'clock about all that. And then on Tuesday, as we do each and every Tuesday, I mentioned Tom Flores in the High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Well, we have that interview with this week's high school football coach of the uh, of the week, the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week, and that is Spring Valley High School head football coach Marcus Teal. I'm not going to tell you that he may be listening to the show right now. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that he may be in class listening to the show. I'm not going to put him out there like that because I don't want his uh, you know his bosses or anything to to hear him and realize that he's listening to the show. But I do know at times he's listened to the show. Just gonna throw that out there. I'll give him a shout out as well. Another <laughs> shout out. I'm giving. A, I'm wearing a Spring Valley T-shirt right now. There you. Oh, you're right. You are. That's right. I saw you earlier. That's right. You sure are. What? You didn't go to Spring Valley, right? I sure did not. And I'll just leave how I got this shirt to unspecified me. No, man. no, no. Tell the story, bro, man. It ain't even a story like no, that. No, come on, it's man. Just when like in in the in this Vegas area, when you like go to um you know other schools during games, you know people be leaving their stuff out in these locker rooms. You went into the locker I, I, room hey, and jacked hey, a shirt. It ain't it ain't me. It wasn't you me. You sound like it wasn't me, man. I yo. okay, Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you sound like, and I think I might have done this way back in the day, but that was some old school moves. That's back in the day when you know we had PE class and we had to go change for PE, and someone didn't bring like I didn't wash my PE clothes or I didn't wash the clothes that I normally would wear for PE, and so I wasn't gonna stink up my my school clothes, and, and I didn't want to get a. Uh, a F for the day so like you just borrow your homeboys like your homeboy has an extra pair of clothes or even worse you go into like the lost and found and you find a, a, a shirt and something and just go ahead and, and rock it for the day so you don't get in trouble I did that a couple times I ain't gonna lie about that hey I left um, a pair of shell told Adidas at Bishop Gorman one time yep I didn't get them back that's all I'm saying so I mean you know fair game <laughs> 
You still angry about them shell toes? <laughs> nice. Well, as I said, Spring Valley head football coach Marcus Teal, he'll join us at 320. Uh, his team picked up a 14-0 win over Mojave, who was previously undefeated. So they knocked off an undefeated, and that was the very first game of league play. And anyone who covers high school football or, or follows high school football knows there's three phases to every high school football season. There's the preseason, a.k.a. non-conference. Then there's the season, a.k.a. league play. And then there's the playoffs. So that's how the game goes. And so they're in league play right now, and their very first victory comes against a team that was previously undefeated in Mojave, and they get it done 14-0 to and have, or not have, but create seven turnovers while they're at it. Seven. You count them up, DeMond. Seven. That's a lot of turnovers. So uh, very excited to talk to, uh, to Coach Teal. That'll come up at 320. So as I said, have a very loaded show for you. Of course, we want to hear from you. Calls, text, straight off that, uh, straight off that Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, just hit us up. Put the 69187 in as the phone number. Then the first three letters, R-N-R. And then your message, and I promise you it'll get to us like Glenn in San Jose. Uh, he said, you might want to ask. He said, Q, you might want to ask Jim what him and David Baker were talking about on Sunday. Maybe the Hall of Fame 2023. Okay. Okay, Glenn, I might have to slide that one in there. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Plunk is going to give me that kind of information. He might just be saying, hey, man. You know, you know, I should be in here too. <laughs> you know, you know I, I was thinking be... that would it be a sore spot if we did bring it up? What if he, if he's just like, "Hey, man, don't well, I want to talk well, about that," or would he be like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe. you know"? I, I, I think I don't know, and I guess that'll have to be a decision I make before we uh, we talk to him because the first week that we talked to him, I mentioned that he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I mentioned that many Raider fans call into the show and. And, uh, you know, talk about him being in the Hall of Fame. And I know he kind of slid by it a little bit. It wasn't really something that we talked about too deeply. So I didn't bring it up the next week because obviously I'm not going to continue to go back to the well. But that's an interesting little nugget right there. So I might, I might just ask him in the best, most politically correct way I can say it without just putting him on front street. I might just kind of ask, you know, hey, how were those conversations with David Baker? Or, you know, I don't know. I, let me think about that. I got a few minutes before, before we, uh, we get to the, to Jim Plunkett, so maybe that's something that that I think about. How about this? How about the mailman Raider? He hit us up as well, 69187, keyword r and text line. Q, I don't put much into power rankings, but I found this one hilarious. Bleacher Report rankings have us at 13. Well, I'll stop right there, mailman Raider, and I'll go through the rankings. You said two things that kind of let, let me know what it's all about. You said power rankings, and we all know I don't give a rip about power rankings. I never care about power rankings at all. My kid could do the power rankings and get about as close as uh, you know as as some folks do. I do a podcast every day for the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Raiders. I do it every single day, and every week they have us. They want us to do the power rankings. Okay, vote this week. Vote this week. Vote this week. I haven't voted one time. <laughs> Not one time have I put any votes in because it's just. It's just a matter of someone's opinion, and it's just a matter of basically clicking on something. And so today, when their power rankings came out, I believe they had the Raiders at number nine. And it was so funny because people started hitting, hitting at me or, or hitting up the, you know, the podcast or, or even me on Twitter. It was like, oh, man, you put the Raiders in the top ten. Huh? I was like, I didn't even vote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That's I didn't how you're going to do us, Q. Right. That's how you going to do us. I didn't even vote. <laughs> I didn't even vote. It doesn't matter. It's week three. I don't care. I'm just watching the games. 
I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I like what the team looks like, and I'll tell you if I think they're a top 10 team, top 5 team, later on in the season. It's a long way to go. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But, and that's not a rant against you, Mailman Raider. I'm just telling you why I don't care about power rankings. Uh, but the rankings from Bleacher Report, that's the other part of it that I wouldn't take too seriously either. It's Bleacher Report. And that's no disrespect to Mo Moten because he does a great job there. But uh, for the longest, Bleacher Report would just put anything out there. So I just sound like I just like ripped everybody, but I didn't. <laughs> I really have a res- lot of respect for uh, for Mo Moten and what he does. And even even a lot of the cats at Bleacher Report, I just I just know that they're they're just putting stuff out there to – you know, get people to react to it, and that's what we're doing right now. Uh, so anyway, these rankings have the Raiders at 13, okay, Broncos at 9, Ravens at 8, Chiefs at 7, and Chargers at 5. Now, I'll go through this in reverse order. The Chargers just knocked off the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and the Chargers were given a lot more respect going into the season than the Raiders were anyway, since that's what we're talking about, clearly, is, is respect for the Raiders. So they were given a lot more respect than the Raiders were going into the season. Remember, everyone was saying the Raiders were going to be the last place team in the AFC West. And when I say everyone, I mean outsiders, not us. People here at Raider Nation Radio 920, uh, you know, people that are around the team, checking them out during training camp, knew that this was a, a lot better team and was probably going to shock some folks. But just, again, for the sake of argument, the national folks were saying the Raiders were going to be the last place team. I think, uh, I think the Vegas Lions had them at what, winning six and a half games this year. They've already won three. So I'll just leave that at that. The Chiefs, everyone expects them to be in the Super Bowl. If not in the Super Bowl, then a deep run in the, uh, in the playoffs and even win the AFC West. Everyone's still expecting them to do that, even though they're sitting at one and two, and they're in last in, uh, in, in the AFC West. The Ravens, uh, they're in the AFC North. You know, They're expected to be a really good team. They're expected to make a deep run in the playoffs. I realize the Raiders beat them, but they're also in a division with the team in, in Pittsburgh that looks like it could be on the, on the verge of maybe self-implosion. You know, and the Cleveland Browns, they still have to prove everything. So I could see why that conversation and John Harbaugh, even though it just took him a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions, and it really shouldn't even have been a kick because it was definitely a delay of game. I don't even want to get on that soapbox because that was one of those. You want to talk about something that's foul. That was, that was pretty foul. I mean, the Lions really should have upset the Ravens on Sunday, but they didn't get that opportunity. And then the Broncos, I mean, they're 3-0. and I know. Nobody respects the teams that they beat, and that's fine. I have no problem with that, but they did beat them. So they beat the teams that were on their schedule, and it's funny, and I put this tweet out earlier. Now I'm looking for it because it's really hard for me to find, of course, right? Right when I need it, it's, it's very difficult to find. The Broncos, for everyone upset about how easy their schedule's been so far and they don't respect their 3-0, and they have, moving forward the rest of the season, they have the third hardest schedule the rest of the way. The third hardest schedule. The Giants have the hardest schedule, the Washington football team has the second hardest, and then the Denver Broncos have the third hardest schedule moving forward. Playing teams like Baltimore, playing teams like Pittsburgh, playing the Raiders, playing the Browns. Playing teams like Pittsburgh? What are you talking about? Well, I'm on, on again, this is this is on paper. This isn't and that's why I don't get caught up in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just trying to let everyone know that if they're a good team, They'll show that they're a good team with the teams that they have to play. If they're a bad team, they'll show that they're a bad team, and they'll all work out in the wash. That's why I don't get caught up in all of it. That's why I don't get fired up about it. They're 3-0. They're 3-0. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. So be it. If they're a terrible team like everyone thinks, if they're not very good, they'll show that they're not very good. They'll lose this week to Baltimore. They may lose to Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. They'll, They'll lose to the Raiders. They'll lose to Cleveland. Washington, they'll probably beat. Dallas. Dallas looks good. How good did Dallas look last night? 
Look like they got a defense. The Eagles will probably blast the Eagles. Chargers, who knows? KC, who knows? Detroit, they'll probably blast them. Cincinnati, hell, Cincinnati's winning games. Raiders again, Chargers again, and Kansas City again. So they have the third hardest schedule moving forward. So Raider Nation, I tell you all this to say, as mad as you may be because you felt like they had three cupcakes, and I mean, that's fine, they did, but they beat them. So just relax because it's going to get tougher moving forward for the Denver Broncos, and you'll find out who they are. You'll find out if Teddy Two Gloves is really a good quarterback or if he's still just Teddy Two Gloves. Simple as that. 225 is the time. We're live here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We have great, former great Raider quarterback Jim Plunkett on the way. But before we get to that, DeMond, let's hit one call. Who do we have up first? Papa Meach. Papa Meach, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness, brother. Hey, how you doing, Q? I am great. Blessed. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, I got to be on Q when I'm talking to Q. You know that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey, listen, you know, being Papa, I've been around, and I've seen all these great players through the past, and it, it's just just a blessing, you know, Stabler and and Coach Flores and his honors now and Howie Long and Jim Otto, and, and it would be great. I don't know what topics you're going to discuss with Jim Plunkett, but, man, uh, I, you ought to maybe talk to him if you, if you have a chance to ask him what his feelings were when he's with the 49ers and traded to the Raiders because here's a guy, if I'm remembering my history, who was really, everybody thought his career was, you know, uh, not going in the right direction, and then he goes to the Raiders and uh, wins two Super Bowls. So he's an amazing human being, an amazing person, and uh, it's I'm just really excited about your interview coming up. And I just want to say one other thing, you, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But this 3-0 start is really firing me up. And here, think about this for a minute. And, and that's that about the Broncos uh, with the schedule they have now. Oh, man, thank you for t- – I'm going to sleep even better tonight with that knowledge. But um, <laughs> here, here's what I want to tell you about the going ahead. If – I mean, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk next Monday, but I do think the Raiders are absolutely the better team. If we beat the Chargers and we come back home and beat the Bears, we're 5-0. and Mm-hmm. And everybody was saying before the season that this team that will win 11 games will be in a playoff, any team, uh, in the Western Division. With 12 games left, and if we're 5-0, and I'm not being a negative, but just the realities are, if we go 6-6, six and six, which we won't do, we'll do much better than that. But if we just play 500 football, we got 11 victories right then. Right. So, man, I, I just can't wait, man. If we can start off 5-0... and then uh, there's not going to be any second-half collapse. We will be in the playoffs, and it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I just want to thank you, too. You know why I'm personally thanking you for everything uh, you, you uh, chatted with me and stuff. And you, you mean a lot to me, and uh, I really appreciate this station, and, and uh, it's great talking to you. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you, and it is great. And it's it's because of you, and it's because of Raider Nation why we have this station. We're able to do what we do. I will definitely ask Jim Plunkett his uh, his thoughts on when he was with the 49ers, where he felt his career was going, and what happened when they made that trade and he went to the silver and black. I'll ask him that as we get ready to talk to him next. And we're going to do that real quick. But I will say this, uh, as far as the, the start of the season, I think it would be huge if they were able to go 5-0. and Of course, they're just going week by week, but... These first four games are so big because they're all AFC opponents. If they were to win all four of these games against AFC opponents, that will play out in a major way towards the end of the season. So just keep that in the back of your mind. 228 is the time. When we come back, Raider great, 
Former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett will join us live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we are back live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And pleased to have now on the phone lines former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett. And, and Plunk, we always appreciate your time kind of following up on the game that you saw on Sunday. And uh, sorry we missed you yesterday, but glad you were able to join us today. And I just want to ask, before we even get into the game, you were there for the presentation for Coach Flores there at halftime. You were his right-hand man. You gave him his Hall of Fame ring. What was that whole experience? experience like and and how happy were you to be there with all your Raider brethren uh the ones in the Hall of Fame and others that aren't in the Hall of Fame just to be there to honor Coach Flores yeah number one was great to see my old teammates there uh those in the Hall of Fame and those not uh we had a great run together we had a lot of fun together and uh mainly we we won a lot of ball games including two Super Bowls and for Tom to go into the Hall of Fame uh, in front of us, I was you know it was it was a great honor for me and, and uh, my teammates to to have been there, and uh, you know we all think it should have happened a lot sooner, but mm-hmm. we're very proud of Tom and the job he did. You know he kept quote unquote he kept us on the straight and narrow as we concentrated on each and every week and, and trying to win a football game. But uh, you know uh, my heart goes out to Tom. Uh, my congratulations. Uh, you know he was a, he was an inspiration to our football team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just to see and hear all the alumni of the Raiders that were there to to honor him and and just to see how excited he was. And and I've been saying this, that ever since he was inducted into the Hall in Canton, Ohio, it just feels like he's just been on this natural high. And as someone that is as close to Coach Flores as you are, just what has this run and what has this kind of ride been for Coach? Oh, I, you know, I'm, I, you know, for me, it was for him a long time in coming. You know, we all felt it should have happened long ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, I think he's thrilled. Uh, you know, his background uh, growing up in the fields in, uh, in, uh, in Fresno, California, uh, becoming a, a, a you know, player in the NFL and one of uh, an early Raider and Kansas City Chief, uh, and, you know, just to watch him grow and become an assistant coach, then the, the head coach taking over for uh, Coach Madden and jo- doing the job he did. Uh, you know, and believe me, in the old days, some of the guys we had on that team were a little hard to control, and, and, and Tom found a way to, to handle each and every player <laughs> in his own way and, and get us to concentrate on uh, each week on, on the games we played. It was, uh, it was an honor uh, playing for uh, Coach Flores. And Plunk, I don't want to put you on the spot, but as David Baker was there, you know, down there talking with uh, Coach Flores, talking to everyone who was down there, did you guys kind of give him a little jab in the elbow and on the, the, the ribs and say, hey, uh, we got a couple more Raiders that need to be in there, like Lester Hayes, like Jim Plunkett. Was there any a little ribbon to, to, to David Baker? Uh, not really, you know. <laughs> I just uh, talked to him briefly, but, I, you know, I heard your intro or – uh, just before I came on, and you know, it was great to hear Lester's voice talking, and and uh, you know, it was, it was a pleasure playing with that with that man. He was he was a great teammate, and he was a very great player. 
Yeah, no, he was, and we had him on the show last week. He was so much fun uh, to talk to and just excited about this year's team. So let, let's get into the game that you saw on Sunday. The Raiders pull out an overtime victory over the Dolphins, and I wanted to ask you, especially in the first half, there was a lot of high snaps to Derek. Andre James was snapping the ball. It was going really high. So as a quarterback, how much does that throw off the rhythm of a play? Well, it throws it off quite a bit. I didn't do a lot of shotgun uh, playing in my day. You know, right. we didn't have it too often. We tried it for a while, and Al wasn't, uh, and Coach wasn't wasn't real happy with it. Uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, but I've done it a little bit to know enough that yeah, you you know you're kind of looking downfield, but you have to look at the snap as well, and you know you, you expect it to be uh, you know right between your shoulder blades and. Uh, up front, in your chest area, and, and if it's it's a little off, sometimes you kind of lose sight of it, and you know those mistakes do happen. Uh, but you work on it each and every day of practice, and and to get it down and fine tune it, and you know more often than not, you know you hadn't seen that happen too often with uh, Derek in the center there, but uh, you know they'll straighten that out. No doubt. Right now, talking with former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, they got off to a slow start, but they were able to, after spotting the, the uh, Dolphins a 14-point lead, they were able to get things together and ran off 25 points in a row. When you're going up against a defense that's as stingy and as tough as the Dolphins are, what, what is the mindset? Derek mentioned he, he challenged Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in practice leading up to the game that those corners were going to be tough to go up against. What are those challenges like? What do you say to your wide receivers in those kind of moments well before i say anything to the wide receivers i say something to the offensive line you know we're, we're <laughs> falling a little behind uh, you know we're gonna have to throw the ball a little more bit more we're gonna have to hold on to the uh, ball a little bit longer because you know we are behind and they're, they know that we're going to have to throw more so i talked to them first believe me and said i need a little bit more time let the receivers get down the field uh, and then you talk to your receivers. You know, if it's man to man, you know, you you know, you have to man, run a man to man route. If it's zone, you've got to find the hole so I can get you the football. But you're always talking. You're always encouraging your guys to to you know, in certain situations, to do what they need to do to, for the receivers to get open and for the linemen to give the quarterback a little extra time. How have you seen those wide receivers, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in particular, really start to mature in year two? Uh, they are. They, you know, they're coming up with big plays. There were some great plays uh, during the course of this ball game, uh, throwing the ball down the field. You know, Derek had you know f- almost 500 yards of passing, and uh, you know that was that was a great uh, well, almost 400 yards of passing, 350 yards of passing. Anyway, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I was reading the wrong stat there. But uh, you know, a big game. Back to back, he's had to put up points uh, through the air and, and move the ball down the field. Uh, kind of getting off to slow starts, but, um, you know, once they settled down, they were moving that football through the air, and then probably not as great a running game as they'd like, but, you know, that's going to come. Yeah, that's something that John Gruden has mentioned a couple times, that they need to be more balanced. They need to get that running attack going. Of course, Josh Jacobs has been out, but Peyton Barber, I mean, you want to talk about a guy stepped in. He's only been with the team about 30 days, if that, and uh, all of a sudden he steps in and gets 111 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, How impressed were you with just him being able to get in there, fill that void, and keep on trying, even though it wasn't going well at first, but to keep it going and then finally break through? Well, you know, you know, you know, in football, as they always say, it's next man up, and he came in and did a great job. Uh, like I said, a slow start, or like you said, a slow start, but all of a sudden, you know, they, um, they started opening those holes, he made the right cuts, uh, and picked up, uh, you know, the necessary yardage uh, when he could, and, and he did a great job, broke some tackles, was very impressed with the way he played. 
you know, there's always been conversations about the Raiders of old and, and your teams that you played on that you guys never gave up. You were always in the fight. It didn't matter what the score was. You know, you could never leave a Raider game early because uh, there's always a chance that they were going to come back and win those games. And two overtime games so far at home, and they've been able to pull them out, and it's, it's been a roller coaster affair. Some people will call it a heart attack style, but uh, they, they found a way to pull it out. What, what have you learned about this team through three weeks? Well, you know, exactly what you said. You know, they're, they're, they're going to find a way somewhere along the line. Uh, they might be struggling at one point in the game, whether it's early or, or in the middle or, or late in the game. But, you know, these guys, experienced quarterback on offense, a good, solid defense, uh, you know, they find a way to get the job done. And that's all you can ask from these guys. Uh, you know, they're, they're in a little trouble. It's third and 20, say, uh, and Derek will hold the ball a little bit longer and, and hopefully try and find a a uh, receiver down the field defensively when they have to make a stop. Uh, they've been very successful in doing that and getting turnovers when, it, when it's, uh, you know, really, really important and the game is in, the, in their hands. Um, you know, all, right now, you know, they seem to be working on all cylinders uh, at any given time during the course of a ball game, and, and I think that makes a big difference. And, you know, the defense makes a good play. The offense, you know, perks up and vice versa. Uh, you know, they're working together very, very well. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, every single time that Raider Nation was called upon to get loud on Sunday, they did. They they were extremely loud. Now, there was Miami fans there, and they were loud as well. But Raider Nation really kind of showed out on Sunday. Uh, how much energy do you as a player get when you hear that crowd pumped up like that, like they were on Sunday? Hey, you never underestimate the power of a crowd. Mm-hmm. And when you can hear them behind you, uh, getting behind your team and – uh, cheering you on, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. And, you know, in a sense, you, you know, you want to play well for your players, but you also want to play well for your fans. And, and that's just something that happens naturally when you hear that crowd roar. And, uh, you know, I think uh, having that kind of backing from your, from your fans uh, is very helpful in winning some, some very big football games. How how much can can the fan base affect the game, especially when you know like Miami's on uh, on offense and it's fourth and twenty or whatever it is, fourth and fifteen, and all of a sudden that crowd just gets pumped up. How much can that affect the, the what the defense does as well? Well, hopefully it does. You know they can't hear their signals well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're bound to make a mistake uh, somewhere along the line because of all the crowd noise. You know, uh, never underestimate the power of the fans. Believe me. No, it really, it, it was nice to see. It was great to hear. Uh, I think that they really are doing a great job of affecting the crowd, and this Allegiant Stadium is a beautiful place, beautiful facility, and so uh, Raider Nation is really getting uh, a treat. We're talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. This week, uh, it's, it's Charger Week. You know, it's going to be a trip down to L.A., SoFi Stadium, which uh, many of Raider Nation saying that it's the home away from home. Uh, this is a huge game, Jim. W- what are your thoughts on, on this game as far as just the Chargers and, and the way that they just – knocked off Kansas City, what would it mean if the Raiders can go to SoFi and pick up a W? Oh, obviously that would be great, you know, uh, and they're going to be they're going to be prepared. They're going to go in that game, uh, you know, knowing what the Chargers bring, uh, uh, and that I, that was a very impressive win they had over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, scoring 30 points against a very good defense, but also holding Kansas City to only 24 points. You know, that that's that's a pretty good effort by that defense. Uh, but, you know, I expect the Raiders to, you know, to, to take a, a working uh, kind of role in it and do their job first. Uh, the big plays will come, and they'll, and they'll be looking for those plays down the football field. And, you know, the Chargers have not given up a whole lot of, 
of yardage uh, defensively, but uh, or a lot of points, I should say. But right. uh, you know, uh, I think the Raiders and, and uh, Derek Carr and those receivers will fi- find ways to get open down the football field. I know you can only take games one week at a time, one game at a time. I mean, you cannot look forward at all. But, I mean, you get off to a 3-0 and start. You play some really tough teams to get off to that start. Right. At some point, do you feel like, hey, you know what, do you start to feel that this team can start to be special? Uh, yes, you do. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, you know, in, in these three weeks, they have been special. Very, very good opponents, and each and every week they, they were up to the task, whether it be offensively or defensively. And you start feeling pretty good about yourself. But you can't take anything for granted. You've got to continue with the same intensity at practice uh, that you carry into the game. And, you know, that'll, that'll carry them a long way. And then you have to make the big play when it's necessary. Uh, you know, third and long, come up with a, a play to, to convert if you have to. Defensively, make a stand. Uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that uh, once you, you, know, you get confidence you can do them, they, they tend to occur more often. No doubt about it. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Before we let you go, but we had a caller call in, Papa Meach. He called in and said, hey, can you ask Plunk, can you ask him about his time with the 49ers and then when they make the move, the Raiders make the move to bring you in, what was going through your mind and how blessed were you to, to, to arrive with the silver and black? Well, believe me, uh, you know, having been a starter my, almost my entire life, you know, in New England first and then San Francisco, and then being cut, you know, that was the lowest point in my career without question. Uh, and uh, the next day, uh, my uh, attorney calls me, Wayne Hooper, and says, well, you know, I've got a call for you, and it's uh, from Mr. Davis, and uh, uh, he wants to talk to you about possibly joining their football team. And, uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't even sure I wanted to continue playing football. You know, mm-hmm. it was just uh, those last uh, uh, years uh, in San Francisco were very, very tough on me, and I was very depressed. And uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that Al told me, he says, you know what, you know, you're, you're, obviously you're not going to be a starter when you come. We, you know, we already have a quarterback, but, uh, you know, we're, you know, you're going to find a way to, to get on this football team and, and uh, you know, be an impact player for us offensively. Uh, we've seen you play. We have confidence in you. Uh, it's just that the situation you've been in uh, over the last few years has been very rough on you. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, Mr. Davis, you know, probably talked me out of retiring at that point after seven years so you know i'm very grateful to uh, mr davis and, and his family and the rest is history <laughs> you bet, you bet. It, was, it was very fortunate for me believe me right that's awesome well we're, we're glad that uh, mr davis made that call we're glad that you decided not to retire and that you stuck around and you and you went and did what you did and, and led some really great raider teams and so uh jim as always each and every week we appreciate you uh joining the show and talking about what you saw from the game before and i look forward to talking to you not next monday because that's when it's game day but we'll talk on tuesday and and hopefully be talking about another raider victory you bet looking forward to it thank you so much there he is all right appreciate you there he goes the great former quarterback of the raiders former quarterback of the silver and black did it real big jim plunkett joins us here on unnecessary roughness it's always great to catch up with jim plunkett each and every week following the games to get his thoughts on it and, and what he saw, what he heard, what he felt. And I think we kind of scattershot and talked about a lot of different subjects, including the Hall of Fame, including, you know, Coach Flores talking about his time in San Francisco. And he was thinking about retirement. And how many of us have done that before? How many of us have been in that position? I like to dumb things down sometimes and just bring it to a, a, a level where we're all kind of on the same page and, and look at ourselves and say, yeah. Uh, there was a time when I might not have wanted to keep keep moving on and, and keep pushing on with whatever I was doing. And 
and, and I did. Someone gave me a little bit of encouragement, and I did. And then, boom, the rest is history. You know, that could be the situation that you're in right now. You could be sitting there saying, you know what, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to keep chasing my dream. I want to do something else. Maybe, maybe I'll go do something else. And, and there's someone right there on your shoulder sitting there talking about, no, just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. You'll be all right. Then you turn around and you win a couple Super Bowls. Not necessarily win a couple Super Bowls, but, you know, we all win our own personal Super Bowls. So uh, that was great. I thought that was a great little testimonial right there from, uh, from former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness. 2.46 is the time. We're live at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when we come back. Got a bunch of feedback on the Salmon Ash text line that I want to get to. Plus, I want to hear your calls. 702-365-9200. What did you just hear from Jim Plunkett? What did you think about what you heard? And still, want to know your thoughts on, on kind of like I said, putting a, a, a cap on the season. Or not the season, excuse me. Not that quick. Putting a cap on the Miami game as they're 3-0 on the season. Uh, let me know your thoughts. 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. 2.52 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ in Henderson. Uh, just had a very good conversation with former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett. Coming up in a matter of minutes, we have Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us to talk about what she saw from the 3-0 and Raiders on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, talk about what she, her expectations are for this week uh, against the Chargers in L.A., Raiders home away from home. But uh, first, I want to get to you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. I got a text from Raider Dre in San Jose from the 408. He says, Q, looks like some players, Nixon, White, Richard, might be back this week. Who's going to be the odd man out if they do return? And, uh, again, that's from Raider Dre out of San Jose, and that's a good question. It really is. You know, uh, Trey Regis was released. He was waived on uh, on Monday. Expectations are that, in my opinion, just my opinion, that he'll be uh, signed to the practice squad when he clears waivers, if he clears waivers. But, uh, again, that's up to the team to do. And maybe maybe they don't. Maybe Jalen Richard does come back. Vinny Bonsignor said he expects uh, Jalen Richard to be at practice this week. So uh, that's something to pay attention to. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, maybe he could return. Maybe Javen White. I don't know. I mean, that's something that really later on throughout the course of the week, we just have to ask uh, John Gruden when when we get a chance to have that uh, media session with him, you know, who would be the odd man out. Or we just sit back and wait and see what happens. You know, maybe those guys are, are healthy to come back. Maybe the guys that are playing currently have earned the right to stick around. It's the other thing you got to think about. I've always been a firm believer in uh, you dance with the one that brought you. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get to the dance and then all of a sudden switch it up and bring in someone else. You know what I mean? If, if, you're, if you're riding the hot hand, ride the hot hand. So, you know, there's, there's guys right, right now that, that could be looking at, well, maybe they're still going to be on IR. Maybe, maybe some of these guys aren't, aren't, aren't needed right now. And I, I hate to say that and make it sound disrespectful, but right now you're 3-0. and Right now the defense is cooking, cooking with grease. You know, they're doing really well. Have they given up some points, a bunch of points? Yeah, yeah. But I think right now you can all 
to a T. Even Tom, even Tom can hit me up on the Sam and Ash text line and say that the defense is holding their own. I think if you want to just, without going over the top, without being, you know, super homer dude, because I don't ever ask anyone to do that, and I'll never be that guy. I won't ever be that guy. I think everyone can agree that the defense is holding their own. They're doing a good job giving the offense opportunities. They're playing complimentary football, something that's very important. 702-365-9200. Let's go on out to uh, Raider Mike. Raider Mike, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What, what's up with you? Chilling, man. Um, great interview by Plunk. Almost top Lester, but damn, that Lester interview <laughs> is, was brilliant. Right. I mean, he had a speech impediment when he came in the league. Right. And now he sounds like the coolest MF on the planet. So, <laughs> right. dug that, dug it. Um, going back to Plunk, and Lester does need to get in. I'm so glad that Wisniewski and uh, Townsend are finally on the ballot because they both deserve uh, to go in as well. But it broke my heart when they traded the snake for Pastorini. I was like, what are you doing, Al? This guy is our legend. Right. And uh, somehow he rolled the dice and killed it. <laughs> so, because uh, Pastorini got hurt, what, game four or five? Um, we were two and three at that point, I believe, and he just went on a roll. And uh, he needs to get in the Hall of Fame like no other. So, lastly, to address the defense, I, I, the whole team, actually. Any in previous 17, 18 years, that 14 nothing score, I would have probably just went to sleep because I knew it was over at that point. But I knew down deep that we were going to come back and smoke them. So I haven't felt that way in 18 years. Right. And I love that feeling that we can come back no matter what the uh, deficit is and lay, lay the wax down on them. Um, lastly, Get off my onyx, Demon. Give me some bring the noise because that's what we're going to do so far. <laughs> Let's have a blackout. I'm out, bro. Peace. All right. Great call, Raider Mike. I appreciate that. And you know, it's funny, uh, as a guy who's been watching the Raiders obviously my whole life, uh, if the Raiders in previous years had got down 14 nothing, I'd have been sitting on my couch probably in Texas uh, the last 10 years. I'd have sat on my couch and I just would have said, well, time to go grab a beer. And I go grab a beer, and I just kind of sit there without very much emotion. I'd watch the whole game. I wouldn't go to sleep on it. I'd watch the whole game because, as I've said before, you, you never turn off a Raider game because you just never know. But I wouldn't have been very optimistic. But sitting in the in the in the press box on Sunday, and they were down fourteen nothing. I said, "Well, well, I guess the defense can make a couple plays. If they make a couple plays, uh, I actually wasn't mad when they punted. Let's put it like that. I wasn't mad when they punted, especially with AJ Cole. Let's give him a little props. I haven't given him enough props. AJ Cole." And, and, and really, him and Zay Jones, to come up with that nice punt. Matter of fact, A.J. Cole did it multiple times. But to come up with that punt and the way that Zay Jones downed it and put it in position so, so uh, that play could be made by Casey Hayward in the end zone for the safety, that was huge. But I wasn't mad when they punted. I said, you know what? The defense, they have an opportunity to make a play now. They're, they're pinned deep. Maybe they get a pick six. Maybe something. I just felt like there was something that could possibly happen. And, again, not being a homer, but just realizing that this defense that they have gives the team a chance. They keep them in games. And that, like you said, we haven't said that as fans in a very long time. 258 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, she'll join us. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.